Adam, will you join me in eating noises as well? Hello, strangers on the internet eagerly awaiting disappointment. Welcome to another episode of Nitwig, the podcast about friends and video games. This week, we are going to talk about loot boxes, the hot craze sweeping the world of games and lining the pockets of gaming studios. How do we feel about them? Do they have a future? What legendary skins did you find inside that digital treasure box? Hi, my name is Drew. I think you're pretty cool. And uh, a fun fact about myself... If I had a pocket dimension, I'd fill it with lots of snacks and refreshments so that I could travel the world and never go hungry. And that's, that's what I got. Good one. Yeah, that I was literally always. <laughs> Unfortunately, that sounds shockingly like what I have on my answer. Oh no! Yeah, this is fun because uh, I've put a ton of thought into this, but you go, Adam. <laughs> well, thank you. As per the normal schedule, I will go next. My name is Adam, uh, and if I had my own pocket dimension, uh, I would fill it with a bunch of pre-cooked meals. Mm. Just to like, you know, they're already ready to go. I could just like reach in the pocket dimension, pull them out. I did this on the assumption that pocket dimensions would keep food fresh, like indefinitely. Like it's mm. not gonna rot in there. Mm. As yeah. did I, as did I. Because like, I don't really know the limitations on my pocket dimension, but I do know that if I could just like have food whenever, I would be a lot, like I would have so much utility in my life. Um, mm. Also, I'd like to sneak in like a bed or something so like you know if i got tired i could just like take a yeah, nap um, you know so here's 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 drew getting close to where my concept is well right. no mystery person why don't you All give right. us your fun facts hi there i'm zach and if i had a pocket dimension uh this is gonna be a little complex i would have a small cabin that had sort of a uh I, it would be a i'd walk into the cap pocket dimension i would enter it mm -hmm. um and inside there would be a small maybe rustic cabin with mm. a nice, the nice bed, maybe a nice couch and living room situation, a lovely little kitchen, um, like a bathroom, and then just outside, um, a nice forested mountainscape with a lake. Mm. Man, yeah, Zach's for... pocket dimension is so much more quaint than ours. Like, oh yeah, no, it it is, <laughs> it is specifically to just be a place where I can just be like, all right, fuck this world, I need to relax, and then pop it open now, and sleep. Let me. Let me ask this question about the pocket dimension, because as soon as, Zach, as soon as you mentioned, like, like a bed kind of thing, I was like, oh man, I could just, like, put an entire, like, special, like, zone for myself in this pocket dimension. Yeah. Uh, is this, like, a hyperbolic time chamber kind of thing, where you go in, and, like, time stops, and you walk back out, and time just resumes? I guess you'd decide that one. Well, I so mean, think like... We need to have rules set for a pocket dimension. That's going to that's going to decide what we put in the pocket dimension. Like, if yes, all my snacks are going to go bad, then I don't want to fill it with snacks. Then I just have this pocket dimension full of like nasty old disappointment. Meat. And that's what this and that's what this pocket dimension's for. Jeez. Okay, let's let's say definitely. If no one is into pocket dimension, time does not move in the pocket dimension. Okay. So, okay, so, so you have to be there. Yeah. You have to no, be that there. One so you could. Sense. Yeah. So so if you put something in there, it's not. It will spoil, but you're not there, so time doesn't move. So that when you enter back in, whatever you put in there is left exactly as you left it. Oh, mm. so it's when I when I suspend my game go. and go and do something else, and then go back to it, and it like just it stops the the the, the hold that it had on it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like kind of. Yeah. 
I like it. Excellent. Mm. I think I'd still... I do like Zach's, like, rustic cabin thing for, like, you know what, fuck all this, and just leave and come back, like, in a week. Like, Zach, where'd you go? Oh, right. The the last thing is that the the living room would have a desk with a computer on it with a bunch of games, and then a big screen TV with a bunch of consoles and games. I'm sorry, I just, you know... Well, no, no, like, can this you pocket know, dimension, like, can no I design internet the entire but, hey, world? Like, I mean, is it... I, let's not stretch it that far. I, I have a little realm here, but okay. think scene-sized. Want... You know what, you know what it sounds like Zach wants? Zach wants the save room. Like, his pocket room is just, like, <laughs> a do. save room in, like, a game. He would go in there, like, <laughs> Zach, do you want to save your game? Like, yes, I would like to save my game. Thank you. <laughs> god damn it now i need to come up with a fucking now i need to get into game development specifically so i can make that save room dude just like have it be like a door occasionally you run into special doors and you're just like oh it's the save room dorm you enter into the save room and you're just like ah let me relax well that's how it is in uh in resident evil like the uh especially remake like you go into the save the save rooms and so there's like no music in the entire rest of the game. It's always scary, but in a safe in a safe room there are no enemies. It has this like beautifully calming piano music and they're always really well designed to be like the most calming areas in the game. It's like ah, I just want to sit in this safe room. Nothing can harm me here in this safe room. <laughs> Except that zombie that does that one time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. I do like that. But yeah, like uh, that. no actually, you know Transistor also had a safe room. Oh, it had that nice little, like, chill out with the sunset thing, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. One of these oh. days, I'll get back to playing that game. I think I got frustrated and stopped at one point. Oh, man, Adam, you should do that. You should do that this week. You should do that well, this week. But we're not asking no. about my week right now. Drew, tell us about your week. Oh, well, my, my past week. My past week. Well, my past week was... I, I unfortunately got sick. So it was a lot of Drew sitting in bed, um, drinking a lot of tea, and playing playing some cartoons on the YouTube, and uh, trying to get a little bit better. And then I did, and yay! You know, some some good stuff happened. I um, let's see here. I played some games. I played some games. Uh, I played that there, the original, or not the original, I played Wolfenstein The New Order. Uh, my friend Michael Block, he sent it to me as a belated birthday gift, and I tell you, it is it is fun to rail on some robo-Nazis. That's some good times for everybody. Um, mm. That's not the new one that came out. That was the Oh, the new one that came out is The New Colossus. Yeah, no, this is The New Order, so it's the one that precedes it. So far, like, my biggest takeaway is I kind of always thought of Wolfenstein as being very, like, you know, self-indulgent, just, like, complete over-the-top, almost like Doom, right? But Mm -hmm. the story is, like, weirdly grounded, and, like, all the characters are, like, they're all very interesting, and, like... Well, I think that's unique to this one, because they, like... They went with the purpose of making, like, B.J. Blaskowitz, uh, like, an actual person, not just dude on UI. Well, that's the thing. Like, it totally feels mm-hmm. like that. Like, he's such an interesting character. And, like, I've only played a small bit of the game so far, but it's been, like, like I want my buddies to survive. And there's this really, like, terrifying scene where you have to choose who lives and dies effectively. And it's it's just really cool. So, um, yeah, I, I do also want to mention that um, a lot of this game is based around um european history surrounding germany and the in the nazi regime mm-hmm. um and that and that comes from a lot of experience from the people who worked on it because i believe the the people who worked on it are large like they did a lot of research or they are 
like in Europe. I mean, mm. it, and so, it seems like it. Like yeah, everything I'm, feels very like it, it doesn't feel like a like a pow pow shoot 'em up game. It feels like very it feels weirdly grounded for a effectively alternate history game where there's a bunch of like robo nazis everywhere you know what i mean yeah basically i'm enjoying that and um i had a little weekend project that went through uh my playstation 4 lives i'm uh it lives lives. oh my goodness it lives it's amazing i i got it a new hard drive i got the right file on the usb and formatted it and did all the things and it finally turned on and to celebrate adam you might appreciate this uh i done mm went on to the store and saw that they had a little deal for Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5. So (laughs) so I said, fuck it, let's do this. And after 20 minutes of tutorial, I played Dishonored instead and was really happy. (laughs) Okay, Drew? Yeah, dog? So when are you going to play Nier Automata? Well, I mean that's that's waiting for me too, but I got to finish my Wolfenstein. I got to get my Nazi scalps. I need my scalps. I need at least a hundred. I will definitely give that to you. Beat Wolfenstein, but then you gotta play that near Automata. It's in my queue. Bro, how are you gonna leave Sora just sitting on out on uh, the island like that? You gotta finish. Gotta gotta play Kingdom Hearts again. Why did you buy that? <laughs> because like I I despite all of my hatred of Kingdom Hearts, I still felt like oh man, this is a package of a bunch of stuff that looks kind of cool, and it'd be fun to just like go through it. And it's on dramatic sale, and I figured fuck it. Like nah, I might do that. That sounds fun enough. I'll get to it eventually. Whenever it's, like it's, it's not that prelude thing. I think that's complete horse garbage no fun no bueno but this is like a collection of stuff i've played as a kid and it'd be kind of fun to just like see what they've done with it you know Mm -hmm. but uh yeah yeah. that that summarizes uh oh also there was um let's see here i uh yesterday i went out to the de young and they had a bunch of really cool like runes on exhibit um like kind of like pre-Aztec stuff and it was fun it was really cool to see all of the uh like all the like different like you know murals and pots and like daggers and everything and mm. the thing is like going through that it really did feel like I was kind of stepping through like a Zelda game because there was like oh. a moon temple and a sun temple and a storm god and a fire god and it was just like all very like oh this is like all referenced in other things that's kind of fun hmm. Yeah. Now, did did you find the heart container that was in the De Young? Uh, I did not find the heart container in the De Young. I don't think that's uh, public. I think that's like more of like a VIP thing. You know what I'm saying? You, you know gotta saying? collect it, man. Gotta get that. Gotta get more hearts. It's true. It's true. But you know what, Adam? Hmm. Uh, I'm wondering, did you get any hearts last week? How was your week last week? Adam? Oh man, I let's see. What did I do? Uh, so last week, I've just been kind of busy. At, uh let's see last week was kind of busy just keeping stuff down at work um so when i whatever i would get home i was kind of low energy to do anything so i ended up watching a lot of anime this week Ooh, Ooh. what uh, animes what animes are you hopped on man What's uh so that? i just caught up with uh this is kind of a blast of the past so they're doing a new digimon series called digimon try which is the it's like part three of the original group of characters <laughs> I'm not going to even begin to describe, like, where this thing fits in, like, with the rest of the series. Because even, like, we're, like, maybe four or five episodes away from the end. And I'm still asking questions of, like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) 
Oh, no. Uh, I'm, I'm not hopped up on the Digimon canon. I, I may have left that particular fandom a long time ago. I think uh, it's probably best. <laughs> I I made a mistake today and went through the Digimon wiki just to be like, maybe I can get some answers to some of these questions. Like, what the hell is any of this? <laughs> Who are these characters? Oh, what are they Lord. talking? Like, I don't, I don't know where the wiki gets half its information because they're talking about events that I'm like, when did this happen ever? So, uh, Digimon Try is interesting because it, it's the original group of characters, like, a couple years later, and it, it has an interesting premise of, like, you know, it was fun fighting all these monsters back in the day as kids when you didn't have to worry about stuff, but now you're older and have more responsibilities and stuff, and you kind of understand more of how the world is working. Uh, is fighting monsters really that fun and, like, and all that stuff? And it's like, this is kind of a neat premise. Are they deal, trying like, to address the fact that they're like forcing creatures to fight one another? Is that like is it like a morality thing? <laughs> no, it, it's more like so. This happened in the first episode where, uh, in the original series, they'd been like, "Hey, Agumon, use your fire blast and just destroy the monster. Don't don't worry, just just to fight it." In like the first episode, Ty's like, uh, "Ty, the main character's like, hey, uh, Agumon, go fight it," and he Agumon misses and blows up a building. He's like, "Oh my god." We just ruined so many people's lives by doing something <laughs> stupid like this. No, 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 no more fighting. We can't fight right now. And they, oh and like, it, it's interesting because it does neat things with the characters. Um, it's just, boy, I wish they'd explain like what the hell is going on. Mm. Like the last episode ended with some world-ending cataclysmic event. I was like, great, but who is that guy? Well, Adam, oh, oh, you see, like it's, it's very a... important to keep up the mystique of the show, to keep the mystery going, okay, so that people are invested in understanding what exactly is going on. Okay, but see, here's the thing: like, at some point, like, I get that they want to be ooh mysterious, ooh suspense, but suspense only works until like at some point that I get the payoff of it, and then it's like, oh, I get it, and I can fully appreciate it. But Adam, uh, yes, mystery. Ah, uh, okay. Never mind. Now that he said, now that he said mystery twice, I'm on. Clearly, off. you're in the wrong. You just don't understand. I, if Zach were to say mystery a third time, maybe it would like it would just be a universal truth. But mystery. Oh, oh shit! There it is. Every Digimon show is... ever should just never explain anything and just shock audiences every episode. Yes, that's what I've learned. So Digimon <laughs> Try is actually fantastic. Uh. Was I watching anything besides that? That kind of consumed like most of my time since I was like, this is, <laughs> this is fucking bizarre and I really don't know what's going a week, on. A week consumed by Digimon. Well, because mm. like Zach, like it was every episode at the end of each one. We're like, wait, what? And you have to like go back, re like reread like lines. And you're like, okay, okay. That makes sense in this episode. I think I know where this is going. And then the next episode says, you know what you thought happened? Was it wonder if somebody else was pulling the strings, did you? And like, wait, what? <sighs> so, uh, game-wise, been putting a bit more, uh, let's see, played a bit more of that Fire Emblem Heroes game. Yeah, That's yeah, been yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, still kind of waiting for Moira to be out in Overwatch, but uh, played a little bit of that to just get my weeklies. Uh, oh! And one thing I did during the middle of the week is I finally got to play Crystal Chronicles with some buddies. Oh, yeah. No, uh, you mentioned that last week. That's at work, yeah? Right. Yeah, oh, the, right. So I was super excited to play Crystal Chronicles with my friends. Uh, uh, and I think 
I think we all had a fun time. Um, I did have that moment, though, where have you ever gone back to a game you haven't played in a really long time? And you're like, uh-oh, this mm. might not have all of the shine I thought it once did. Oh, uh, that's no. literally what I was just doing with Kingdom Hearts, but hey. Now, I will be honest, uh, it is still <clears throat> a really fun game. I still highly recommend it. We all mm-hmm. had a lot of fun, but uh, I, I think it was more because we were taking somebody through on their very first time of playing mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. And so you have to do that thing where you have to explain why things are happening. And they're like, mm-hmm. but Adam, that doesn't make sense. And it's like, yeah, I know, but just go with it. All right, trust me, it makes sense later. Um uh... That happens like, a lot. You spend a lot more time in your in the menus in that game because it's a, it is an RPG and you have to set up your command wheel to like mm-hmm. do all your actions. So I forgot like how often you're in the menus and how clunky some of the menus can feel. Uh, I will say we had a kind of a, a moment where we thought we might not be able to play because one of our Game Boys died, and then we were able to fix that up or get a new one and play it. Uh, that game's really hard to play without the L and R buttons because that's how you cycle through commands. Ooh. So, like, I was on the cure command and I couldn't leave it unless I, like, hit the button, like, four or five times to cycle through to the attack. Mm. But uh, overall, I had a lot of fun playing it. I think uh, we played it with Ian, you guys know Ian, and my buddy yeah. Nathan from work. Uh, and they all seem to have a fun time. We're going to do it again at some point. Um, hopefully I'll have a working Game Boy Advance the next time so i can actually do things oh dude if you want you can borrow mine like i gotta just sitting over in my desk hmm maybe mm. i can hand it mm. off to you uh when we when we go see some sort of thing i, I will hand it to you i will grant ah, you yes. its power dagger jogger yes, i've always dagger. wanted to see dagger jogger 2049 <laughs> <laughs> i i yes dagger jogger 2049 uh <laughs> dagger anything else jogger? what the fuck uh no i th- oh uh because zach made a comment about it yo everybody the shovel knight art book is out go get it i did what when did i make a comment about <clears throat> this oh you made a comment about it last week so i brought it back up oh you made I a did... comment saying I-, I bet he's gonna mention that next week so i wrote it down to say uh... mention shovel knight art book next week <laughs> uh, you, you uh yeah you fulfilled your promise yeah now that's it's prophecy Somebody else made a promise to me. It was Zach. That Zach would have a week and would tell me about it. That was his promise. Well, it's time to deliver on my promise by telling you about my week. Um, Thank God. So my week has been fairly normal. I stopped playing... Okay, so I stopped playing Overwatch. Uh, Well, can I I tell you guys a secret? Tell us your secret. Go ahead. So I actually went and played Overwatch again on... I fucking knew it! (laughs) Uh, No, I I did too. But um, I never played more than like three matches at a time and i didn't play and i didn't try and get any of the uh like what i would do is i would get onto overwatch start playing the start playing to get the extra loot boxes Mm -hmm. and like grind it out play until i got like the three and then jump off and it just it was took a ton of time to do it because i'm not the best player in the world um so it would take up like an hour of my day just playing through that and it wasn't fun. Like, I was just getting frustrated at the game and yelling at the game. And well, so I was like, yeah. all right, cool. So I'm just going to say, screw it. I'm not going to go looking for loot boxes. And instead, I went over to... Um, and, and instead, I was just like, oh, I'll just play a few rounds of quick play. And then I'll jump off. And that usually takes like 30 minutes at most. It's it's generally pretty fun. 
I get to sort of like enjoy a few matches. Hell, even if I lose, I still have a pretty decent time. And then I can jump off and do other stuff. And then mm. now I've been doing other stuff. Oh. 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 You know what, Zach? I got to be honest. Uh, when you and I were talking about this, it sounds like two like drug addicts. Like, like guys, I, I have, I've only played, I only played two hits Overwatch this week. <laughs> two hits. Two. Yeah, I know it is. And, and so I'm like trying to like wean myself off of it. Um, and yeah, so I think it's something sort of like, if I need sort of like an in-between game or if I'm like, oh, I got like 30 minutes or if I, or if I'm like really paralyzed in terms of like what I want to do, then yeah, sure. Whatever. I can pop on Overwatch, but I think I'm going to try and focus on some of the other games I've been playing. Mm-hmm. which like like uh well i've been playing more final fantasy 14 uh that's been pretty fun uh, i've sort of there's one guy in my free company that's sort of leveling up and trying to basically like catch up with everybody else and that's been kind of fun to help that guy out uh i've been also and then doing a few things for myself you know getting seer gear stats equipment grinding the ladder uh in addition to that uh i turned on I turned on uh, Dawn of War Soulstorm, Warhammer 40k Dawn of War Soulstorm, which I don't is know what that which is. is a it is an RTS from a while ago, oh. like before 2010, I think. Mm. Uh, and, the ancient days of pre 2010. Yeah, Dark and so days. and so uh, I also turned on and I and I got the mod uh, Dawn of War Pro. And I'm playing with that, which is this cool mod for the game that makes things better, apparently. I don't have a lot of experience with it, but I'm going to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's that's another game I've been playing. I did. I really only played like one match, and it was like today. Uh, and the last thing I've been playing, Adam might like this. Hmm. I have finally returned to Final Fantasy XV. Hey! Hey! Yay! You did it! <laughs> oh my goodness! You have no idea. I have so many things to say about this weird fucking game. <laughs> well, well, you're playing it now, and <laughs> you're playing it in a very different version than I did because they've had like a bunch of updates and everything now. Like they've they've added a bunch of stuff and like tweaked some things here and there. So I don't know. So what have they changed? So that way I know it that like. Oh Lord, Zach! Don't make me don't make me go okay. through the patch list. Uh, if you're actually curious, go through the FF15 patch list and like okay. just see like each update added stuff. Like there's a couple new combat mechanics. Uh, there is the whole hunting system. Uh, where oh whoa, hunt like, there events. before? Oh no, no, hunting hunting was there before, but there are like special events you can go and do now. Oh, okay. They're, like spe- they rotate out. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've hit any of that stuff. I'm pretty early in. Um, so I have, I, uh, I got through, like, where where I left off before was, like, the very first, like, gas station, and so I got off, I got from that gas station to the first pit stop, dropped off an item for somebody, it was the weirdest detour, um, and then drove down to the beach area, Mm -hmm. and I'm, like, about to get on the ferry, and... I'm actually about to get on the ferry because I got there and they didn't let you on. I had to do a fucking side quest to go get a garnet to come back and then I got on the ferry. Oh, you met Dino. Yeah. <laughs> I met Dino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dino's a shit, by the way. Oh, really? He's just a giant ass? There's nothing particularly wrong with him. I just didn't like him. He's kind of smarmy. Um, I, is, is Dino like... A person? I keep he's thinking Dino. of Flintstones He's dinosaur. Dino. He talks, he talks with a fucking Brooklyn accent, and he's a reporter, and he knows a lot of shit, and apparently he's got some underworld fucking connections. 
Oh. Don't you understand? Oh. He's got he's got things to do. He's got things to do. I anyway, would say so, his his Brooklyn accent really like threw me at, like for like where he is in that game. It's like the fuck? Why is there a Brooklyn guy with a Brooklyn accent here? Yeah, he's a total fucking weirdo. Um, Does he have a I, mustache we also ran- and a weird hat? That's all I got to know. A mustache or a weird hat? Anything like that? Neither. No. Hey, so we all watched. Um, what is King's it? Glaive. King's Glaive. Uh, I met an NPC before I met Dino. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Gave me a coin, and I'm ninety percent sure I saw that dude in King's Glaive. <laughs> well, just, good. That uh, consistent. Yes. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I was like looking at him, and he was talking like that. And I was just like, "What is this man doing?" <laughs> uh, did he have a hat on? He did. He had the yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, you saw. Uh, he does show up in Kingslave. He was kind of a semi-big character in Kingslave. Listen, there weren't that many big characters in Kingslave. <laughs> are we talking no, about the dude was... with the cape? Yeah, we're talking about Cape Man. Cape yeah. and Hat Man. Uh, oh, oh dear. Do, do you remember his name, Drew? <laughs> no, but I remember his his poses and his dramatic looking at the camera and his <laughs> I'm important somewhere else, don't well, you know? Zach, I won't give you his name so you can be re-surprised all over again. But yes, he was in Kingsglaive. Yeah. Um, What's really funny is that both you and Drew had like a moment where you couldn't, where you weren't sure what the hell he was doing in Kingsglaive. So I'm glad you remembered him. (laughs) No, he was very memorable from Kingsglaive. Um, So I saw that character and I was just like, all right, this fucking dude. What a fucking weirdo. As he like prepare to say up. that from what? Prepare to say that for most of him showing <laughs> okay. up. Okay, what a fucking weirdo! Is that? Can yeah. I just ask one more question? Just just one more question about Final Fantasy fifteen. It's very important. Uh, God, I have a lot more to say, but yes, question. How many recipes have you found? Um, a lot. Okay. How many? What? Uh, so recipes. how many recipes? Recipes. Thank you, thank you. I couldn't quite understand <laughs> it without the dialogue. <laughs> so, uh. There's a lot of weird moments where he'll just find a recipe. Um, some you'll finish you'll finish a meal. He'll learn a recipe from that, mm-hmm. and then you'll pick up a random item. He'll learn a recipe from that. And sometimes you're just sort of walking around, and he'll be like, "Ah, I've come up with a new recipe," and I'll be like, mm. "What?" <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> probably because I think one of your teammates will go around and pick up stuff around like while you're just walking uh, around okay. so somebody must have picked something up that he was like oh I, i've i've come up with a new recipe like, <laughs> wow like, amazing yeah i don't know where so i've also i've gone camping a number of times uh oh, you like camping camping like camping is the only way to get that man to cook yep yeah it that's kind of a weird thing that you have to like camp out somewhere that's outside of town in order yeah, to get the I recipe so, so just so you know, Drew, uh, Ignis will cook food for you when you camp. But if you stay at like a trailer or a hotel, he won't actually cook for you. You have to be camping for him to cook stuff. And mm-hmm. cooking is how you get special bonuses and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, and it's so weird because like. Well, I think that's the trade-off because like a trailer or a hotel give you XP multipliers, but you lose getting bonuses. Whereas camping uh... has no XP multiplier, but you will get bonuses later. Yeah, I, I did notice that about the XP multiplier. Um, I didn't even think about the... Like, I barely think about it, really. Um, and so, I've also noticed the elemental stuff that's around all the camps, which is a really weird addition. 
Oh, you don't what you don't like um, the giant like lightning rock that's just sitting there? Yeah, or the perpetual I, like cold rock. Yeah, that was just it's just fucking weird. And but I did make some spells out of them, which is another weird thing. I I, mm. I don't know where that system is going. Uh so the spell crafting system's kind of goofy in that you can you collect elements, the the fire, lightning or ice, and those are the only three elements in the game. And then you you get magic flasks that can carry a spell in it and yeah. you craft a spell and then that's like a certain number of casts of that spell. Like if you put a bunch of fire elementals in, you'll get a fire 3 spell and you'll get maybe like 10 casts of it. Oh, okay, but so you it's... can also but you can also put in other items to get like special effects like, oh, this yeah. is a chain fire where if I throw one, it'll actually throw out two or Okay. So, so I actually okay that that makes a lot of sense then. Um, so I didn't know that the the flax emptied out. I just thought I was making spells, but I, yeah, that makes yeah. a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just been a weird, interesting experience with that. And uh, yeah, other than that, getting in the car and just sort of driving around is a another strange experience for me. It I'm is. Not... It is. It's I... actually. It's pretty cool. It, it's mm. just I don't you don't see it very often. It's unusual. Yeah, I, I I'd accept that. I actually um, really like the way they handled the car, where it was just like this car is essentially on tracks. Uh, you aren't really going to be going off roading. Yeah, I except thought I was... in the new update where they added off roading. They did oh. what? Uh, I think in the update that you, I think it's a part you have to get or a quest. Uh, okay. But I think you can off road. Oh my goodness! Um, I anyways, think I think that's a thing. So the last the last thing I do want to mention is is that in the combat. It's going to feel really weird that I have to go teleport on top of a rock every time I need to go, like, rest up and, like, reorganize myself, which is all the goddamn time. Gotta get them upgrades, dude. I- what? You can upgrade that shit. You can be like, I, I have more MP now and stuff like that. No, no, I know. Um, It's just really odd that, like, I have to go teleport on top of a rock and then get a bonus to jump back down on an enemy. Like- mm. It's just an odd way of doing combat, where you're sort of like, you jump in, hit a few times, jump out, jump in, hit a few times, jump out. Yeah, I think that was kind of the game plan for, for Noct. Uh, but there yeah, are Noct spells... Just, well, your buddies are just on the ground, getting slapped in the face by monsters. Yeah. Mm. But speaking of, now that you're playing FF15, I think on the 15th, or the 18th of this month, oh, uh, boy. the Final Fantasy XV Comrades expansion is coming out. Uh, What's well, that? I'm not going to buy it because I'm nowhere near the end of this game. I'm uh, pretty sure that's free. Oh, that's good. Now, uh, I actually don't think you should play it because it takes... It's kind of a spoiler for when that thing takes place, but it is a multiplayer expansion. Like, it has Ooh. a create-your-own-character, free-reign-of-the-world-go-do-things-on-your-own. Oh, wow, that's a really interesting expansion. Uh, I'll talk about it later after it comes out and if I've given it a, a try. Okay, There's, cool. I have a question about this expansion, Adam. Tell me these questions about this expansion. Does this expansion... Which sounds like a really weird way of saying that. Yeah, it is a very odd, 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 odd way of saying that. I, I guess what I'm trying to do is ask if loot boxes have been added into Final Fantasy XV while inadvertently pivoting back to the topic of discussion, which is loot boxes. Oh, well, Zach, yeah. are you done with your week? Um, Yeah, that's, that's most of my week. I guess... The last thing is I got some French bread and I've been eating the shit out of it, but that's that's small. Oh God, part. audience members! Before we could even record, Zach was telling <laughs> us all about his French bread diet, his new French bread based diet. 
It's so good, I love French bread. Alright, Drew, go and throw us into that topic. I'm ready. Ah, uh, well, I'm glad you're ready, Adam. So, this week's topic, friends, listeners, beautiful people, is loot boxes. The, uh, the questionable system added into games relatively recently, where you get random loot, you pay some money, usually real-world money, you don't know what you're gonna get, and uh, it results in some legendary skins, maybe some duplicates, and a lot of great times for everyone. Hmm. And we're just gonna talk about it, and whether we like it or hate it. What do you say? Yeah, hmm. well, we're gonna talk Sounds about it. Sounds good. I hope... Th- uh, I was gonna make a stupid loot box joke, but I, it, <laughs> the more I thought about it, the more it didn't work. Yeah. Um, What's our first question, Drew? Well, Adam Magleby Magleby, our first question is, what is your best loot box haul? Which kind of leads into the question, what are your thoughts on loot boxes? So, who's uh, got who's got a great loot box haul they want to talk about? I have, so I've pretty much only gotten loot boxes from Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my best loot box haul was one where I think I got two legendary skins at the same time. And I think it, nice. I think it was during the last event um, where I got one of the Halloween skins. Um, and then I got like uh like a soldier legendary skin i forget the the other one but and then i got like a white and a blue hey that's Uh, pretty good you can't can't be like oh yeah no i'm not gonna complain about about two legendaries uh (laughs) oh man this didn't have four legendaries in it this is bullshit oh god i don't even think about that um well if it is all random chance it is possible just very unlikely well, you can make it random, but if you're like, oh man, he's got four, screw that, we're going to make him work for it, you can make it re-roll until it's non-legendary. So, you know, it's possible. Yeah. I don't know how the system right. works. So does anybody else have a fun loot box tale? Uh, I have one. This is also from Overwatch. Um, uh, I think it was for the first Christmas event they did. I, I can't remember if there was a, a, a name for the Christmas event. But they, this is right around the time I just started playing Overwatch because I picked it up at Black on a Black Friday sale, and I was looking through all of the new skins and stuff, and I saw that Zenyatta had a cool Nutcracker skin. Oh God! He, he's dressed up as a Nutcracker, and instead of his orbs, he throws like walnuts, and it's like that's a really cool skin. I hope I get it. And at the time, they hadn't normalized out, like, XP gain for each level. Like, it was... Now what it is, is once you hit a certain point, it's, like, every 20,000 experience points, you'll get a level and a loot box. So I was like, oh, man, I I don't know if I'll get it. So I sit down at my computer, I log into Overwatch, and they're like, hey, here's a free loot box just because the... Uh, the event is running. It's like, cool, I hope I get so- get something good. And I open that first loot box, and out pops the Zenyatta uh, skin. The event one. It's like, wow! Merry that, Christmas! Think... Merry Christmas, Adam! Like, wow, thanks, Overwatch! <laughs> and ever since then, I've always kind of... I think I've been ruined on the free loot box you get per event. Because mm. now I'm like, why didn't I get the legendary skin one? Mm. Why wasn't it as good I, as the first four, time? This is three whites and a blue. Mm. It's not as good. It's not what you wanted. Kaplan, you're you're letting me down. Oh, sad days, sad days. Yeah. Has that has um, that affected your opinions on loot boxes at all, Adam? Has that has that hurt you in any way? Uh, I can think of. I was gonna ask if you had any good haul stories. I mean, in general, I try to shy away from loot boxes. Um, I will say, well, but... I 
you must have gotten you, something in Overwatch. You get them for free. <laughs> I mean, I I know, I do get them, and I have gotten, like, good stuff from them, but it's always been for characters that I don't really care about, right? Like, I uh. only really play Tracer or Anna, um, and so... Like, I would get all these really sweet skins for characters that, like, I didn't like to play as. Like, I got the uh, the Frankenstein one for Roadhog. I'm like, oh, that's neat, but I hate this character a lot. What? You uh, hate Roadhog? <laughs> What's wrong he, with you? Because he hooks, he hooks me. He hooks me and he kills me in an instant, and I don't like it. It makes me sad. Rude. I, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Or I would get, like, Hey, a at May least skin. he doesn't insta-kill everybody now. I mean, it's, it's I miss true. those days. I don't. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, I main fucking Lucio. Fuck that. Mm. I miss the days where Roadhog could hook people through walls. Oh, mm. God, don't remind me. Uh, that sounds nasty. All right. Oh, man. Well, well, if no one else has any other amazing loot box hall stories, uh, could we just get a general take around the room of what your thoughts are on loot boxes? If you like them, if you hate them, if you think they're worth keeping around. Stuff like that. Uh, what? you... Hmm. You got to be really careful with them um, because like in the end, loot boxes are gambling, you know, mm-hmm. like it, yeah. it is you give money to get random rewards and yeah, sure. The rewards themselves don't have any monetary value, like intrinsic monetary value, but it's a random reward. Like it, it's going through the same psychological activity for the player. So it's like. You need to be really, really, really fucking careful if you want to use that kind of a system in your game. And, like, and especially if you want to put real money transactions tied to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I've heard, I've read a lot of, a couple stories about, like, people just spending, like, like obscene amount of money on, on loot boxes uh, or well, they- or rolls and stuff. Like, to my knowledge, uh, th- this whole, like, loot box stuff actually started as, like, uh, from gotcha games on mobile phones, or like that was my mm-hmm. first experience with it. Because yeah. in Japan they have these things called little gotcha pawn, and what you do is you know you buy uh, you buy like a roll, and it's it's a closed box thing, and the box says like, hey, this is you know this is from this series, this is or this is this set of toys, and if you buy one, you'll get a random toy. So, and those were the gotcha pawn systems, and then those started getting implemented into games. Which were the gotcha games, and I think those are mostly on mobile phones. But uh, it's actually only been a very recent thing that they've been in mainstream titles. Because hmm. I think it's what only been like the last two, maybe three years that they've been like a big thing. The 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 time when I know that it became something that was relatively mainstream was in Overwatch, and since then it's been adapted into uh, Call of Duty, freaking uh, Shadow of War. I know it's I know it's in a bunch of others, but like those are those are the big offenders right now that I can yeah. think of. In terms of US stuff, I actually know for a fact that Gaia Online, if that, um was doing a very like gotchapon style thing um mm. for their for their stuff. They would have um. this sort of um they had this sort of like bundle that you could buy. Mm. And so you would you would trade it and by the way, here's here's something that's also true about all of these is that all the loot box systems have their own currencies, and you always buy it through their special currency that you pay for. Um, is this which, just, well? That's just for Gaia. No, that's for all of them. That's for uh, oh, does I, you oh know, they Overwatch do does, Overwatch? You, Overwatch does straight money. money. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, but but Gaia had its own like special currency, and so you'd pay that special currency to get a basically random item. It was like for a single mm. random item. Um, 
And I remember even back in the days on Guy Online, there were lots of people on there going like, this is straight up gambling, dude. How is this not illegal? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, actually, and that's so way back when too. No, here's here's something that really gets me is uh, the donation items that Guy Online used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so they used to be called donation items, and so uh, like way back in two thousand fucking three, uh, Guy Online created these special items, and then anybody who donated to them within the last month got the free item. Mm. Um. And so they and, actually. And for, for our listeners, uh, in Gaia, your avatar is basically the entire point to play, or you yeah. can use the service. Yeah, the the it's a, it's basically a form with a fancy avatar that you can dress up. Yeah. Um, so you you'd pay like the special currency and get like random items for your yeah your yeah character that's, to that's, wear. that's more recent. But I think like back in the past, what like way back when, if you donated to them, if you gave them money, um, you would get a random item at the end of the month, and. They sort of continued that system. They did it once, and people liked it, and so um, they, and people people enjoyed it. So they kept doing it every month. Um, mm. And I think like after like a year or so, they had to stop calling. Or like after like a, a few years, uh, like literally, state regulators came by and said, "You can't call these donation items." Yeah, because like you're not really donating; you are gambling on like what do you yeah. get kind of thing. And, and so that that would be the thing they wouldn't tell you what they were releasing well I, they started telling them earlier but like for a few months they like they there wasn't they weren't telling you what they were releasing so you were just giving them money and then you were mm-hmm. getting a random item out of it and so that, yeah. that goes even way back even then and so just just like even in the u.s there are some origins for the loot box system that are like a little older mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i was gonna say just overall on on loot boxes uh I don't think I've ever really minded them that much. This is for me personally. I don't particularly mind loot boxes. That said, like, like having a loot having loot boxes in the game has never stopped me from getting that game. Uh, but I'll never say I've been super excited to see them added. If that makes yeah. sense, it, yeah, it's kind of like you know, you kind of see it's like, oh hey, this game's coming out. It's like, oh cool, and it's like, oh they're gonna have loot boxes. And it's like, I'm like, eh, I guess we're doing that. So for me. Having loot boxes has never been an immediate, like, no-sell kind of thing. But I've never been super excited to see them. Um, and, like, I'll admit, like, I've paid... I- I've bought, like, loot boxes and stuff before. Like, I think Overwatch, I've spent a little bit on, on uh, loot boxes. I spent more than I thought I would on it sometimes, but... Was it was it uh, during the anniversary update? Because that's what broke me. That's when I decided to, like, throw a few bucks that way and see if I could try for a decent skin no mine was the the halloween one uh mm. i ran into the thing of i bought a few loot boxes and got pretty much every legendary skin except like the two i wanted and if i had like 300 more i would have uh 300 more coins i could just like buy them with the in-game currency so i was like ah here take take a few more bucks just give me the dupes and i'll buy the things outright mm. uh i think that's like the only time mm. i've actually gone over like what i expected to pay for that mm. well it's actually see see you have a very practical mindset with your loot box um see a lot of people uh and this is and and so there's a saying in magic the gathering is do not buy packs for singles Mm. um explain that so if you want if you see a magic card that you want because you're constructing a particular kind of deck buying packs from the set that it's from is literally the least efficient way of getting that card yeah um but but remember like i needed just any 
any set of duplicates. Yeah. So that's why I was saying that you have much more practical ideas on it. It's just sort of like you're pretty much got guaranteed value because mm-hmm. because of of how that's of how that worked. Um, I let me ask you something, Zach. Because uh, you were talking about like loot boxes, and you didn't really seem to be that for them. Uh, but I know, and I think you've mentioned on the podcast that you've played a lot of Magic: The Gathering, and I'm assuming have spent money on booster packs and stuff like that. Yeah. So in booster Magic... packs are essentially loot boxes if, if when you really kind of break them down to that. They are. Um, but there's a couple of things that make Magic the Gathering booster stuff a little bit better. And I admit it is, it is a thing. And I'll, I'll like go to the, I'll, I'll go to the store and I'll buy other Magic the Gathering stuff. And then I'll buy a pack to go along with it because I'm like, Hey, hey, you know what? Fine. It could be fun. Um, and that is, that is my version of gambling. But, uh, <laughs> a lot of times when you're buying packs, like if I get a booster box, what I'm going to do with it. Um, I usually buy it for the other stuff that goes with it. Sometimes you'll get, they used to be called fat packs, but I think they're called bundles that they'll, they'll come with like this, like very nice kind of carrying case box. And those are actually really fun to buy. I actually, I really enjoy buying those. I actually, I want to buy one for Ixalan, but, uh, because, yeah, because, because you get this nice carrying case box, you get, uh, you get a, you get a die out of it. Um, they give you a couple of other little freebies that are just really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the, uh, in addition to the packs they get, and, but I think the the other thing with magic cards is that if you're buying like a booster box, you're doing it to draft with it. Usually, like if you're buying packs for magic cards, it means you're drafting those magic cards. Which and, and so to explain that is is drafting is is basically you get three packs, or you can do there's the other limited format, but but usually it's drafting, and so you get three packs and sort of like. You do a sort of, uh, it's called the drafting game because it's named after fucking Magic the Gathering. But uh, it's just basically like everyone, everyone has, you know, you're in a group of like eight people. Everybody has like their set of cards. You pick one out and then pass the thing along. You're all trying to construct decks and then you all play those decks against each other. Like the, the packs themselves become a game. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what sort of sets apart some of the Magic card stuff from the, I guess, from but the like other that's... game stuff. That's not what people are, like, always going like, to... That's, like, I feel like a set of people will use them for, but, like, Magic Booster Packs are, like, you're going to pay money. You know, like... It's a bit different than the Gaia Online system, where, like, you at least know if they are this set, you're going to be getting it, but... Drafting is primarily how people buy Booster Packs. They don't buy them for the cards to get them. You, you know that for a fact, that people are buying them for drafts. Doors buy them in bulk, but they buy them specifically so that they can turn around and sell them. Uh, sure, I guess I was just saying that, like, I know back in the day when I would buy booster packs for, like, Pokemon stuff, you'd buy them for, like, to play, to get the cards and stuff like that. I would buy Pokemon booster pack cards, and I, I didn't recognize it as something that took advantage of my need to collect them all, and as an adult, I recognized that it was a very insidious system that lives to this day. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I agree uh, that there, there is significant aspects to it. I'm just, again, what I'm saying is that in in Magic the Gathering, a significant chunk of the reason people buy booster packs is to draft or play other limited formats with them. No, no, and I get that. I'm just saying, like, you're still not entirely sure what you're going to be getting all in the same thing. Like, oh, yeah. You don't know no. exactly which ones you're getting. No, 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 no. It's still, it's still a very kind of gambling situation uh, in terms we've of We've kind of moved on to the second, the second question we had down here. It was like, what game, what games does it make sense to implement a loot box system in? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, I guess this question was... Um, when does it make sense to have a loot box system versus it really doesn't make sense for this game to 
have one kind of thing. Um, I, I, I only say that because magic, it kind of almost makes sense to have like a, yeah, like a it's booster because, pack or loot box system. Yeah, the, the, I think the reason for that is because the cards are the game. Like, mm-hmm. like when you buy a pack of magic cards, you're buying more pieces of the game. You're Like, that's what you're getting out of it. Yeah. But, I mean, couldn't you, like, have, like, the pre-constructed deck? Well, you already have the pre-constructed deck. Yeah, you can buy like, pre-cons. Deck. I guess what I was saying is, like, booster packs wouldn't be the only way to deliver magic. You could do, like, if it was yeah. like a deck building kind of thing of, like, here's this set and these are all the cards in it. And you kind of build mm-hmm. a deck with this set. That's true, but I think it's also true that, like, what the boosters are doing is sort of being, like, here's a random selection of cards, and you can probably add them into your deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I get and that, yeah. I was just saying. Yeah, and that's that's just sort of the business model of how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it'd be hard to come up with a different sort of model. There are games that do it, like uh, Netrunner. What's Netrunner, Zach? Okay, right. It is... It's basically a... It is a card game where you buy all the pieces right at the start. Like, everybody just has all of the cards. Yeah. That sounds like one um, of those, de- like, uh, a deck building kind of game. Like, each yeah. person has, like, a full set of the cards. And you build your deck. Uh, like, me and Zach both have full sets of all the cards. And, like, maybe duplicates thereof to kind of build a deck. And, like, I might build a deck of, like, oh, I want to do this thing. Or he might build another one. And that's right. kind of what I was saying. is like, if Magic were built in that way, it could. But Magic... I know is also like built it's around also... kind of like it's almost kind of like magic is built around being being a giant draft game as well because it's like here's mm-hmm. just some random cards what are you going to build with those random cards now yeah the the other aspect of, of magic the gathering that's probably really important and pisses off a lot of people who play the game aka me um is it's a collectible card game and so yeah the rarity is is an important aspect of it uh drew you were gonna say something uh, before yeah, I was just going to say that I think in the case of Magic, it makes sense because, as I think Zach just said, um, the entire game is more about collection. Like, it's kind of a competition of, like, you know, what can you assemble? Mm-hmm. And I think in, in that particular case, it makes sense to sort of have a, like, grab bag type of system. Yeah. I think in general, like, I my general thoughts towards loot boxes are not particularly kind. I think of them as a system that exists... Not really for players, not to make a game better. I honestly don't see a lot of situations where loot boxes increase the fun I have. But I do see it as a way of maybe supporting a studio or like, you know, some way of like maybe making the game's longevity a thing. It's, I I see it as a way of milking more money out of microtransactions in a lot of Uh, of places I see it. I, I would agree with Zach and you, Drew, on there in terms of like, it feels like when when the game is kind of built around like okay you have these random elements what do you do with it I feel like those are fine in like a loot box style uh, I think they're they're usually implemented or it makes sense if there's like a lot of things to collect like mm-hmm. if you have like like you know how do I put this if there are like a ton of items for you to collect it almost seems fine like having them in this almost random hodgepodge way of doing it because then it's mm-hmm. like okay you can keep trying to collect more and more of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me, loot boxes feel good when they almost feel like an afterthought in the game. Like, mm, I mean, I, like I going, see what like, you're saying. Taking away from from magic or, or anything of like that, just because like we've already kind of discussed like why those make sense. Uh, it never feels good when when it feels like they made this game and then chopped out specific pieces just to like for loot or, boxes. It's almost nice of like. Well, the game. This is already a full game. It just happens to have this loot box thing on it. I think. I yeah. think. 
I think uh, when you take systems of a game and change them to match the loot box system, that's yeah. when you when you run into problems. I think if you design a game from the ground up to have a loot box system, I think it can integrate very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I also want to caution people that like loot box systems are gambling systems. You need to treat them like gambling systems. Yeah. I was going to say this uh, just on like when it makes sense to implement a game, uh, a loot box system, because I couldn't really think of like a, a hard, fast, like when I was jotting down the notes, I couldn't think of like, if you do this, it makes sense. If you do this, don't do it. Um, but for loot boxes, it is, it's usually really hard to talk about whether loot box works in a game or not without understanding like the entirety of like the system is going to encompass kind of thing. Because well, I, like, like it, it almost feels like you could say like, oh yeah, it may put loot box here. And it's like, well, does it really make sense for it to be there kind of thing? Or, you know, something yeah. like that. Like yeah. I always find like whether they're good or bad, it'd be like, uh, kind of depends on the situation. Yeah. There was actually, at least that, a, that's my um, opinion. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a, I I agree with that. Um, there was a um, there was an interview with I think the director of Monster Hunter relatively recently about mm-hmm. you know if they oh were yeah add I know loot boxes one. yeah like if they were going to add loot boxes into Monster Hunter and the director explicitly said that would actually break the core game loop because the entire point of the game is kind of going in and earning you know the weapons that you get right the yeah loot would be. And, in, and from, from his perspective, like adding in a loot box system where you forego that, you're cutting out your game. You're taking yeah. away the game play. And like and, Monster Hunter in particular wouldn't need it because you already have a randomized thing. Like when you kill a monster, you can carve them to get parts. Mm-hmm. And it's already ra- kind of randomized like what parts you're actually going to get. Like, okay, you killed the Rathalos, you're going to get, you might get like three teeth and a claw, but you might also luck out and get a really good carve from them and get like rare parts but yeah if you had it as a loot box system you'd fucking just why even do the game at that point mm-hmm. yeah it'd be a backdoor into doing um, everything anyways i was yeah, gonna I mean, say like, that kind of gets into like the pro and con argument um mm. like i'm trying to think of explicitly like when it makes sense yeah and again my stance is like it's never like i'm never gonna see loot boxes as a feature right i'm never gonna see this system where i pay additional money on top of something as something that's going to improve my game yeah i i will say Uh, that for the sake of like you know games are expensive you know maybe a studio sent something out for free maybe this is some i i can see i can see reasoning i can see reasoning for having some way to get money to a developer because that's effectively mm. what a loot box yeah. system is, you know? Yeah. I, I was going to say, before we moved on to the pros and cons, just of, like, when it makes sense, uh, I say any any game that has some kind of safety net mechanic is already pretty much is way ahead of a game that just has raw, like, raw draws. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like Zach has said, like, you know, loot boxes can be often pretty dangerous for people who have, like, gambling addiction or, like, you know maybe they do that and find out oh shit this is a thing i have mm-hmm. uh because yeah. you can end up wasting a lot of money like trying to get stuff so well, but I mean, yeah. they're a direct descendant of the like the original microtransaction farmville-esque games where you just like yeah. kind of need to buy time right well like they're right almost oh, the exact same thing only a little bit worse i was gonna bring Sorry. this up later but like you're exactly like microtransactions the very least you knew exactly what you were getting like loot boxes are like hey what if we still charged people these incremental amounts but didn't actually tell them what they were going to get for sure kind of thing yeah Yeah. at least to me any game that has like some kind of mechanic of okay 
you you drew a few loot boxes you didn't get it it's not the end of the world you now have this other way of getting it kind of thing Mm -hmm. yes um having alternate means of getting it overwatch does it through experience and getting loot boxes that way well Um, even more than the loot boxes is that uh sorry the experience is that overwatch has a system in place where if you open a loot box you get duplicates you get coins and those coins are an in-game currency you can't buy coins where you will uh be able to purchase the items directly with with the coins and that's a safety net like that's what i was talking about in the last time for the halloween one of like i knew i didn't need to just spend more real world money to get it if i just if i had enough coins i could just get them directly yeah so so and, and i do like that coin system uh what i don't like about overwatch is the is a lot of the like time sensitive items because oh, that really encourages people dude, to go spend a bunch of money time time sensitive items could basically be its own episode but i fucking hate time sensitive items so when you have time sensitive with like loot boxes i'm already like kind of not thrilled well, with those the, the thing is i i'm okay with time sensitive items i just do not like it when it's paired with with uh things with with like a loot box system like mm-hmm. it really heavily encourages people to go gamble well yeah because um, then you have the hey you, you know get these random draws but you only have a certain amount of time to do it like and the only even even the only even like vague saving grace that overwatch gets is that at least you can wait till next year like at eh. least they repeat their events and see but that, even that, then that pushes you to stick around with the game that's like oh it's winter i can get that screen i better come back for it yeah, yeah. well that's that's why for me i don't particularly you know i'm pretty lukewarm on loot boxes i really don't like time sensitive stuff that's kind of its own discussion but uh, mm-hmm. i think those have I some mean, kind of weird like is it like are you just talking about like seasonal things or are you talking about yeah like, i mean like like seasonal things or like uh it's mostly been like seasonal items because i really hate the idea of like hey this thing is in the game it's like well, why isn't it just available i i kind of would like want it now can i can i get that it's like oh but if you don't get it now you know if you didn't play in that time, it's just gone. It's like, well, I wasn't playing at that time. How do I get the thing? Yeah. So, thing. and no, what I don't, what I don't like is that they have seasonal event items, and then you can show up, do the thing, like you, you can like show up to the event, do everything for the event, and still not get the item. Like, yeah, that seems real. Like, it feels really bad. To do that. Yeah, and then that... Overwatch does it again in that all of their seasonal event items are worth three times more. Oh, so it's yeah. even harder I... to purchase it. Like, like that's why I just do not like how that seasonal system works. Mm. But like I said, that kind of gets onto its own topic. Uh, or not particularly in loot boxes. Uh, I think I... the next question we had here was like pro was pros and cons to loot boxes. Um, and Drew already brought up like what I think is actually one of the pros pros of having a loot box system um in that loot boxes are kind of a way of almost like throwing a tip jar at like at the developers kind of like that's kind of how i treat the seasonal Mm -hmm. events with overwatch is that like it's like i like the i like the content they've made i like the the new stuff uh i don't mind throwing a little bit of money to buy a few loot boxes even just as a way of saying 
hey, I like this. Here's some here's some some more support kind so of it's, thing. So what you're saying it's it's a hey, you know I gave you a bunch you know I gave you forty bucks for this game, but here, have five more. It's more because they have it's of the continued support of the game kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, I, that, I can see that, what you mean. Uh, I understand, like, kind of what you may be saying of, like, hey, I already gave them 40, why would I give them more? Uh, I, I rec- and this is for me personally, I recognize that I already get, like, spent money on the game, but I also recognize that, you know, uh, one of the things that I think loot boxes can do is let, like, a steady stream of new content enter the game, because developers are incentivized to keep doing that because they know, like, with loot boxes, they'll still get more money to stay employed, to still right. be able to make those things. So for those kind of things, I don't particularly mind throwing some money at. And that kind of sounded like kind of what Drew was getting at of like, it is, hey, it I is. like this thing. Here's a bit more support. Yeah. And I, I like, I think the old way of sort of going about that was maybe having like a subscription fee. Like I know World of Warcraft, I think it was like 20 or 30 bucks a mm-hmm. month or something like that. And I'd rather have a system in place where it's like, okay, I'm going to have this option to put in money and I get a little thing back. So long as it's kind of framed as a, you know, hey, you know, this is for the benefit of everyone's system. Mm. I still think loot boxes, like, they have so much room for exploitation, right? Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, they are incredibly exploitive. Uh, As Zach mentioned, a con of them is they really do prey upon, like, gambling addictions or, like, the habits that are like in the, there kind of the thing. whole like like the whole the most profit that comes from them is like finding the type of person that is borderline addicted to that sort of like oh just one more oh do maybe you, this time do you guys know the the term a whale in oh i do yeah game do. development so for audience members a whale is any customer that a studio or some or publisher knows will spend above average or an excessive amount of money on loot boxes now uh i think i might have i've mentioned this to drew and zach but i don't think i've mentioned this a podcast uh one of the first jobs i ever had out of college was as a uh, as a qa tester for perfect world and one of the things we had to test was some of the games had loot boxes in them mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. so doing that kind of testing was at the one time interesting from like a programming and like mechanical exposure like oh that's kind of interesting how they've done this it was also like huh if you really wanted to like just like fucking stonewall this you'd be like going a lot of tries oh uh, no it, it's weird and i don't want to give away numbers or stuff like that because like that's i don't know if that's company thing but it, it is very that's probably nda yeah <laughs> i encourage most people to kind of look at like how often are these items actually coming up because uh that actually is a, uh, this is a pro, I think, kind of thing. Not of loot boxes, but just of them being more prevalent. If that uh, legal standing and certain laws have come up that are supposed to be there to protect the consumer. Mm-hmm. Of like, you, ha- I know in China, and I think this is true in Japan, if you are going to sell a loot box, you have to tell people what are the odds of them getting the thing. Oh, like, right, yeah. It, it, it cannot be a blind draw. They, A, have to know what's in it. B have to know the odds of getting the thing. Mm. So mm. I like that. I think that's like, a good rule to have. It, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I have a couple other things, but I've talked for a little bit. Uh Zach or Drew, do you have any anything more to add before I go on another tirade? I mean the the, the uh, thing of it is we're all in 
relative agreement that loot boxes are not a fun thing. I mm. I well, lament the days when I bought a game and that was the end of it, and mm. I could just expect everything in the game to be there. Um, I think the cons are just the ramifications of what someone yeah. could do. You can carve up a game, you can ruin a game, you can make a game worse. And the pros are, well, if you're a studio that's responsible, that's looking to use this in a way to actively support themselves to make a better product or a better game, then you are enabled. It's, mm. I think it's less about pros and cons in a game and in a game system and more about yeah. like... It has more to do with like if your developer is noble and they have to use the system, then I actually I agree with yeah. that a lot. I think it mm -hmm. it when we worded this question, I think we were thinking of game per game. Uh, mm -hmm. But like, yeah, it actually depends more of like is the studio. Do you think the studio is actually like like I don't know how to describe it. Like because noble seems like a weird word, and in your best interest is clearly not what they are about. Mm -hmm. um, is, but whether is, they seem good natured enough to like not completely rig everything against you. Kind of I think thing. I think the word you're looking for is yeah. responsible. Thank like, you. Yeah. There we go. I was I was just about to say it's almost like having a loot box is almost a test of the studio's response, like their ability to be responsible. Because mm -hmm. it is like loot boxes can be kind of a big thing. Well, I mean, I that's why I like uh, your your example of a tip jar for Blizzard, right? Like, yeah, I the the support they've done for Overwatch for that game, like. Loot box system aside, which is, you know, obviously timed events nobody here seems to be a fan of, but, like, they have done a phenomenal job of keeping up with that game. There are always new characters, there's always beautiful new cutscenes, like, they've clearly got an investment in keeping mm -hmm. the core product good, so you keep yeah. coming back. So, in uh, that situation, it, it kind of works. It, it kind of yeah. works. On the flip side, I explicitly will never buy Shadow of War because I know it's got a horrible loot box implementation that everything I see says, oh, hey, look, this thing has been, like, carved oh, yeah. specifically for this system. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, Shadow of War, I at one point was kind of interested in the, in the game. I, I Let me take it back. I wasn't interested in the game to, like, to play it. I was interested in what they were going to do because they're like, oh, it's a sequel to this thing that was basically Tolkien fan fiction. Uh, mm -hmm. How do you make a sequel out of that? Spoiler, you make more fan fiction. Hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, but, like, the way they use loot boxes... Uh, how do I put this? We had, like, a... When does it make sense to implement a loot box? That game does not need a loot box, I don't think. Like, it always feels weird when a single-player game has loot boxes. I always feel like uh, yeah. loot boxes make more sense in multiplayer thing, where everybody has the same chances. But, like... Mm -hmm. I already, like, for Shadow of War or Mordor, it's like, I bought the game and I kind of expect this to be a full package, not needing to, like, micro-randomize transactions each little bit kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't even think about the single versus multiplayer aspect of it. And you're totally right. Like, with a single-player game especially, like, I if, I if I feel like I need to, like, pay more money to kind of, like, cheat my way through the game, that sucks. Like, Yeah, you've designed that. it poorly. <laughs> That, um, that just yeah. means you've explicitly made it broken for this, me. <laughs> this is one of the cons, I think, of that as loot boxes become more prevalent, they are showing up in a lot more games where they just don't feel like they belong. And Shadow of Mordor was going to be my example because uh, I, I was listening to a podcast and one of the guys on there was, had played a bunch of it. And he was saying like, yeah, really all you need them for is like the strongholds and keeping the strongholds like secure and to me, it would make sense if there was some kind of multiplayer aspect, like Phantom Pain has, like, the uh, FOB systems, like, mm -hmm. where you set up a base and people can invade your base and it becomes a big multiplayer portion. 
But Shadow of Mordor, I don't think, has that. I think it's all single player. I yeah. believe it is. It is all single player. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zach, you got any any pros or cons or any other anything in the bops? I have one more con. Oh, Ooh. all right. What's your con? Oh, uh, I was going to say, I'm really not a big fan of loot boxes nowadays having gameplay altering things. Like, Oh, fucking. Oh, I heard about that. What so, the fuck? Oh, the example I was going to use was uh, Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, yeah. Or oh, Star that's... Wars Battlefront 2 has... uh, It's a bunch of loot boxes that you'll get star cards for, and those are actually, like, gameplay-altering abilities, and they're, like, stats for your character. Mm. And it's like, damn, is this... Like, you could just pay to win this, which I guess is true, but it's weird because it's in a multiplayer game, like Overwatch kind of thing. Like, it's, it's unit-based... And the fact that somebody can just literally pay to up their stats, even if you can do it in game, is a little weird to me. Like, mm, mm, I don't like. Like that. that's one thing. That's one thing I, I like really that. appreciate about Overwatch. None of the items are gameplay affecting. They are yeah. all cosmetic. They, there is, uh, you know, oh no, that tracer has that skin. Like, cool for them. Uh, I will never die and feel like, damn it, someone got a really powerful weapon or anything like that. Like, but, that, but yeah, like it, you can you can do that in this game. It's like, oh no, that guy shot me. Why? Because he had like forty extra accuracy and a better sniper rifle. How do I get that? Well, you can craft it or loot boxes. Dude, I just wouldn't play that. Like that sounds like garbage. I don't want that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now the good thing is they are permanent. Like I, I believe. And I have to be, because I couldn't find a definitive answer on this. I believe they are permanent, like, you're building up items for your characters and not consumable things, which, dude, if any loot box had consumable items, I think I'd fucking die. Oh, dear. Oh, they will. Like, Zach, imagine in FF14, you could buy a loot box that got you 50 potions. That's the most useless thing in the world. Those things are gone in a minute. I mean... I don't really use potions at all at this point. Well, you get what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, like a food item or something like that. Better. All right, imagine Dragon Age 3 had a loot box where you could buy potions. There we go. I know that game has potions. Oh, God. No, that would make it even worse. It's worse than that fucking stupid multiplayer bullshit where they had the microtransaction your goddamn potions. Zach, you seem so upset about that. I'm so upset by that fucking stupid microtransaction. Well, Zach, what if instead of buying just potions, I could buy the chance to get a potion? Fuck mm. and you, Adam. Adam, let's let's not break Zach's spirit now. Let's, let's oh, it's okay. already broken. I'm angry. Why are they fucking prevalent? <laughs> fucking, you know why? They make lots of uh, money. Yeah, oh, that, that uh, was our so next question. Our yeah, next I, question is. <laughs> Our next question is, why are loot boxes so prevalent? And uh, if you've been listening, I feel like you might have caught the tidbit of, boy, they make the, they make the cash money. Yeah, they make a lot of money. Like, Studios I think get so, Overwatch like, makes most of its money through loot boxes, which is not surprising. Well, th- yeah, it's not surprising at all. Um, like I've, I've paid like 75% worth of the game in purchases for loot boxes. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I've paid about 30 bucks. Yeah, that's fine. Like, uh, I was going to say, for why they are so prevalent is, one, they are an easy and appealing way for users to spend more money. They yeah. are... Uh, we made the comment of, when they're designed right, they f- seem to fit the game. 
But it's very easy to just say, you know, I could just chop this game up and put it in these randomized boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, which leads me to my second point of why they're prevalent is because having it be randomized and that that is and that that part is known to the user, they may end up spending more money on boxes multiple times to get that thing they want. Mm. You know, it's like it's exactly the joke I just made. Would I rather sell you a potion where I know you're only going to buy it once or would I rather buy sell you the chance to get a potion and you might buy it multiple times? Mm -hmm. I I think what's happened is it's it's a progression of the microtransaction where you can sort of keep it going for a fixed amount of time, right? You know, that randomization, maybe you won't even get it. And that's why they've popped up. I honestly think they're as prevalent as they are now because they've been introduced and they've been proven to work and there hasn't been enough time for the general consuming population to know to be wary of them. Like yeah. if you're if you're plugged in, you know loot boxes are kind of like a gro like a, a version of gambling. But mm -hmm. if you're really not, and you're just like picking something up, and it just happens to be in the game, like you're not looking for it, you're not like detracted yet. Yeah, I think that's I, it's, I it's gonna... honestly to me like a matter of, and th this kind of gets into my. I personally don't think loot boxes are <clears throat> going to stick around for that much longer just because mm. I think once people kind of find out how insidious they are, it's going to be effectively a, I don't want that in my life situation. Yeah. But I think for the time being, you know, it's only been a few years. They've really been really raking things in. So it's a matter of yeah. like they're easy to implement and they haven't quite caught in any flack yet. So it might just be right. kind of like a gold rush situation. It, it is a lot of ways. It's a gold rush situation. I think it's also, uh, and again, it makes a lots of money. It's, it's an easy way of making lots of money and it's, it's almost like a guaranteed value proposition. Um, mm -hmm. or it is, it is a guaranteed value proposition. It, it almost and so that's like... why, why publishers are really pushing that into games a lot. And especially in games where they just don't fit for the gameplay yeah um, but yeah i was gonna say you know we, we've kind of merged our our last two questions of why are loot box prevalent and what do you see them sticking around together which is fine because i now that i think about it i was like why wasn't that yeah. one question uh, yeah what i was gonna say is <clears throat> for the sticking around bit i think they are gonna be i i think they are going to be sticking around for a while because I they think, are easy yeah. they are easy <clears throat> to implement they are they do make a lot of money uh i i just can't stress enough like you might know you might know that loot boxes like this but the general public doesn't and people do want to spend like people want that thing yeah so they want to get it so and if the only way you're going to give it to them is by random chance mm -hmm. you're going to have a bigger than you might expect group of people that's like fuck it i just want this thing yeah so mm -hmm. um loot boxes will stick around until they're legislated out of existence mm -hmm. um, I, don't think, I, I, think I don't think they're going to be oh i don't, I don't think, think so gonna... i think they'll get regulated definitely at some point they will have to get regulated yeah um, well i think once they get regulated that's when this giant uptick of like oh we can just add this in and everything's going to be great once there's a potential consequence i think a lot of publishers yeah. will back off well so oh, let me yeah, ask you this question because this is this is one of the questions i i always kind of come back to with loot boxes um mm -hmm. and again i think i think people are kind of getting on, in general are kind of getting tired of loot boxes because when they showed up in shadow of mordor people seem to be like dude what the fuck is this mm -hmm. and again that's because yeah. it's a single player <laughs> game uh so the thing i always come back to with this is is a game developer responsible for the money the users spend on loot boxes because and here's where I, i'm kind of in the thing of this is that yeah like the game developer has set up this system where you are essentially gambling 
But at the end of the day, it's the customer or user who decided to put the money in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the and, thing is that the system the system is preying on addictive behaviors. Like, you're basically preying on people with mental fucking conditions. So, no, I'm going to mm. say developers... Well, yeah, I, I, I would say it's not just people with mental fucking, mental conditions. I would say it's right. like any anyone ever, right? Like, I, yeah. I was like, hey, maybe I really want this skin. Like, it, I, I felt that itch, you know? Yeah, I mean? it's, it's specifically preying on human weakness. Like... It mm. is specifically preying on people's like a human weakness. It, like it to is just like to want the thing or like test your luck kind of. Deal. And and that's just it. Like the developer should be responsible for the systems they put in their game. Like mm-hmm. they're responsible for their combat system. Why should they not be responsible for their loot box system? I get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Just to me, it's like how do I put this? Because at the end of the day, like these are all just digital goods things. Like they have mm-hmm. literally no monetary value, or most yeah, of them have... don't. They but have like, no intrinsic value. But, like, the person is deciding, I want this, I'm going to spend on this. And now, uh, you're right. In a lot of cases, All it's right. because they're preying on some, like, behavior or something. Yeah. But, but I guess but again, to me, it's like, shouldn't, like, wouldn't the person know, like, hey, I, you know, I shouldn't be doing this or something like that? Or at some point be like, I really shouldn't be? And I mean, I don't there, know. There, is, there is a sense of, like, players should have good practices in terms of, like, being mm. responsible. But that's on them. Like, being responsible for your behavior is on the player. Being responsible yeah. for your system is on the people who make that system. And right. so, mm. it, like, it, this this gets back to fucking, fucking engineering ethics. Um, mm. You don't build systems that are rickety. Like, you don't make things that are purposely faulty to cut costs. And so, you don't put in systems that exploit people to get more money like mm-hmm. like the developer is responsible for their loot box system if a loot box system is exploitative then that's on the developer it is not on the players i would mm. just like to chime in i a lot i think a lot of the time this decision is not entirely on the developer it might be more on the publisher or the people backing the product right uh, i i say that right. in the case of i i know this isn't explicitly loot boxes but i'm fairly certain that um what was it deus ex human evolution you know uh, they, mankind i think that was mankind divided had like man, the, thank you mankind the microtransactions for like consumable stuff yeah yeah again were, were, those weren't loot those weren't loot boxes those were just like microtransactions to buy exactly it. but what i'm saying is the game as it was developed was not developed with those systems in mind and then they were sort of forced in by the powers that be because they thought they could get more money out of it and that mm-hmm. yeah and i just say this to zach because i totally agree i think engineers should have the power to be responsible with their systems i think we unfortunately live in a world where they aren't quite given that yeah. responsibility all the time. yeah no no no, no. Say- what like what i'm saying is is the person who put in the system if the, if the publisher is the person who's pushing the system into the game then the publisher should take the responsibility for the consequences of that system like mm-hmm. it, it's the people responsible for creating and and putting that system in the game that should be responsible for what happens with that system mm-hmm. like that's that's kind of what i'm going with um and, I, and, and by the way zach yeah. i pretty much just agree with you like i think like when they're done responsibly, loot boxes are almost more of an annoyance, but not really the anything. Yeah. But when they become like a huge, like exploitative factor kind of thing, when this is what I was saying at the beginning, where any system that has a safety net kind of thing is, or in my mind, already leagues ahead of just like random draws, mm-hmm. because at right. the end of the day, like a safety net or some kind of mechanic. And when I'm talking about safety net, 
you know, like I'm saying, like, you made some draws, you didn't get it, but you'll get, like, maybe not as good a version, maybe, uh, you know, you'll get currency to buy the thing. Any kind of thing that says, okay, you can stop, but, like, and that's, that to me, like, that I think that's responsible, or, like, that is showing a sign of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know, like, the part in my mind has always been just, like, I, I guess, like, when do you, does somebody become, like, okay, but you spent this amount on it? I, I think you're kind of tempering yeah. on the idea of, like, well, people have free will. Yeah. Like, at, at what point do you say, oh, well, okay, you know, this was entirely on you. Yeah. I'm not saying there's a, a definite, like, I don't think there's a definite yes or no. I really do agree with Zach on, like, if you're going to put this in, like, when they're done well, you should, like, it. they're done well because... Like, people are responsible with it. Like, they know, like, we can't... You shouldn't just milk somebody for, like, ever kind of thing. Like, I, I guess what what I'm saying specifically is this: the developer, the people who make the system are responsible for the effects that system has. Mm. Um, and people, individual people, are responsible for the actions that they take. So... Yeah. So, if, if you have a system that exists like that, and uh, someone acts irresponsibly and wastes all their money, then, and, and mind you, this is, uh, this wouldn't be someone who, say, like, has addictive personality disorder or things like mm. that. Um, like, because then they have a thing that they need to deal with. But if, if this is, if you're being, just being an irresponsible person and you waste all your money, then that's your bad. But if the system is created to exploit that, if the system mm. if the system is created to exploit that in people or to target that behavior um then that's on the system because the system yeah. was doing it and like the mm. system was created with that not the person who is making the individual actions and you could argue mm. like it could be argued that loot box systems on the whole exist to exploit that aspect and that's why i'm saying they're incredibly you need to be incredibly careful with this systems mm. because they are gambling yeah mm-hmm. and you know i i yeah there's really not much to add on that i agree with you on that i just like i think people really do have to be careful of, like if you are going to play one of these games that has this kind of system like you need to be aware i guess of like how involved the loot box system is in the game kind of thing yeah i like i think like, my final thoughts on it are just i think if you have a system in place that like adam you said has a safety net tells people up front this is the ratio percentage of you maybe getting something lets people know this is a part of the game this is an aspect we have implemented I think then you could argue a studio is being responsible. Mm. And I personally feel once that stuff becomes mandatory or expected, that may be when loot boxes start yeah. going out the window because then it's going to be harder to get away with it. That's all yeah. I got to say. Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, you, you kind of br- uh, touched on that where it was like, if you if loot boxes aren't mandatory to like actually play the game, mm-hmm. you know, it become to me like what Zach's describing of like a broken like loot box system is where it's like you can't actually play the game without rolling the die on these loot boxes. Yeah, that's if, the if, most if, extreme if are, example. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's kind of where you know. Fortunately, I don't think we've seen like the absolute most extreme example because I don't think those would. I just don't think those would fly like at all. I have the feeling uh, someone's gonna make it. So well. Mm-hmm. Make legislation and legislation and stuff aside i don't think you can get the full like what i'm talking about like 
you know, okay, you want to play, you did this many turns, you have to like roll again, otherwise you can't do it kind of, you can't yeah. play, or you just keep on losing because you don't roll in the loot boxes without any alternative to, uh, I guess that's for me. Like, if there's an alternative way to get it, that scene, like loot, rolling on a loot box is almost like, if you want to kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's when it becomes, no, gambling on this game is the only way to interact with the game. Mm-hmm. Th- that's where I find the system is being like super exploitive. That's that. I, I think that's the most extreme case is where you have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. So, I think that was probably our most heated like discussion on one of our questions. Well, I, we might have had a more heated one way earlier, but yeah, I got I got kind of heated there. No, no, and I, I. But it's it's good to have like these kind of discussions, like you know whether a thing is actually like who's responsible on this kind of thing. I, I think that. Mm-hmm. Guys, I think we've all grown as individuals. Social link up. I, I think it's true. And I Oh shit. I think, Wait, what rank are we? Uh I think we're like seven or eight. We can't get too much closer, otherwise we'll all have to deal with the weird relationship ending with each other. Oh right, yeah. Uh there is one loot box uh. thing I wanted to get out of the way because me and Drew like had a moment like what? going on about this. This is in a more lighthearted tone. Alright. Drew? Do you want to talk about Call of Duty World War Two and its oh god boxes? that shit oh my fucking uh, it's I mean, because I, I can get angry about that <laughs> I mean here's the thing I feel like I feel like it's a universally like laughed at thing so let's just lay it out and have a good chuckle and then get into our design club because we're we're basically touching on our design club um every step of the way anyway but. Uh, let's let's talk about Normandy Beach and the brave oh, souls that waited for their loot boxes to drop <laughs> from the heavens, so God, everyone could stupid. gather and look at how brave they were. In in the new Call of Duty, it takes place in World War Two. Uh, the I guess the player hub are the beaches of Normandy. Yep. Now, Zach, you're mm-hmm. a big history buff. I'm not so much, but even I know mm-hmm. the beaches of Normandy kind of a big thing. In, ter- uh, in military history, it's a big thing. In the history of the nineteen in nineteen hundreds, it's a massive. It's a big thing. So, so tell it's me something. Big thing. So tell me something, Zach. <laughs> Would you say like the be- like having a game on the beaches of Normandy? You'd kind of want to take it with oh a bit of God. sanctity, thousands, a little bit of thousands, thousands uh-huh. of Allied soldiers died on that beach. Thousands. You know what? You know what? Let me just say this, Zach. We wouldn't have lost them. thousands of Norm- of soldiers on Normandy Beach if they had just rolled that one more loot listen, box. Listen, Jesus, man. dudes, come on! The fact that they were just the fact that they have the, that the lobby is on Nor- just chilling out on Normandy Beach is already just sort of like this is fucking weird. Please don't <laughs> do this. Um, but the fact that you can open loot boxes and gather around everybody no, to stare at your loot that, box like, no, whoa! That, that is like next level ridiculous. And then on top of that, it's actually kind of exploitative because you're supposed to drop it and be like, check out this cool stuff I got. And everybody else is sort of like around going like, whoa, look at that cool stuff that guy got. Oh, Better I go bet buy it. a loot box. Like that's the problem with that system. You get an achievement for doing that too. You get an achievement for looking at three loot boxes, like loot uh, box open. What? You get an achievement for it. They want you to. That's do it. fucking stupid. What? <laughs> oh my god. You know what? The more I learn about this game, the stupider it gets. I just like that Drew and I had this moment of, "Hey Adam, look at this thing." I'm like, what's this, Drew? I'm like, oh god, Drew, what the fuck is this? Because we were reading like some article about like, go look at Normandy beach loot boxes. It's gonna be great. 
It's Ugh. so bad. I don't know why they made it. I want to know. I, mean, I get why they made it. I get why they made it. I just don't know why they put it on fucking Normandy, and I have no fucking idea why they thought this was gonna work. Yeah, see, that's like that's my thing. It's like okay, <laughs> lobby, fine. Looking at everybody else's loot boxes, a bit exploitive, but stupid. Sure, whatever. On Normandy Beach, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those like things it- where I can be angry or I can just laugh, and I opt to laugh because it's. <laughs> That was my laugh. I'm sorry. I, I'm like angry and I'm laughing at the same time. I don't know how to feel. You're I angster? I don't know. Man. Oh, man. You know what you sound like you need, Zach? You sound like you need a good old-fashioned design club. Uh, I might, but this one's Today's little... design club. Yeah, here we go. How would you redesign or implement a loot box system? I actually have... I thought of an idea for this. Ooh, well, it is it staged on Normandy Beach? <laughs> it is no, it is not staged on Normandy Beach. It's in Pearl Harbor, isn't it? Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it might. It might be the Pacific Theater. Um, it. Okay, I'm not sure how exploitative the system would be, but it's just something I came up with. You basically you have it's a free to play game, so you don't pay any money to start with. But what you what and you start in sort of like this hub area with a big map around it. Um. But what you can do is you can pay for a loot box. And what that loot box would do is add sections to the edge of the map. So, like, if you were on a Civ, like, 5 grid, it would add in, like, random hexes around at the edge? Yeah. So you can play the game inside the the big main area. But if you buy a loot box, it expands it out a bit. So basically, it is you're paying money to create more content. I would say if there was a system there where you could basically be like, I could, because in my my head now it's like the Civ game kind of thing. Right. If you could like send like, hey, I can just work and get these explorers and they'll go out and unveil this tile for me instead of like the loot box system, that might be fine. Yeah. Then it's like the, do you want it now or do you want it later kind of deal. Yeah. and, And so that's, I think that'll be okay because like the whole idea is that you start off with the game. And then if you give them more money, they'll give you random content. <laughs> like, uh, But remember, if this game were to have a, a multiplayer component, then buying more zones with loot boxes is basically a pay-to-win kind of thing. Yeah, no, it, it actually, surprisingly, it would only work in a single-player game. <laughs> like, here, here is how loot boxes could work in a single-player game, uh, is give them money, they give you content. And it's, the thing is, is that it's random content, but it's guaranteed content. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Wh- it's not it's not items, and it's not um, it's it's not like progression stuff. It's not mm-hmm. cosmetic stuff. It is more content for you to play. It is like give money to get random new content. That's probably mm. going to be similarly themed to the rest of the content you've been playing. Mm. I could see it okay. working in a exploration heavy game where like new areas to explore is sort of the core of the game. Yeah, I, I guess I, as we were saying to, to avoid the like hyper exploitive thing, this could not be the only way you can unlock new zones. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to have some other, some other sort of alternate method to sort of like slowly gain new areas. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that could work. I don't know if you guys have any 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 other ideas. Um, um Adam, you got anything? 
You know, I've never thought to myself, boy, this is a really good game idea. I put a lot of passion and time into it. How can I fucking nickel and dime these fucks to death? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, that's just not... Like, thinking of loot box system is actually really hard for me because, like, I just really don't know what you would do with that. Um, well, you... Like, earlier almost... you, you kind of touched on something where it's... You treat it like a tip jar. And so I think maybe if you, like, really rolled with that, like, it was more of a... Like, maybe if you could purchase loot boxes or purchase some sort of random system and it's all cosmetic, there is a safety net, maybe if there was some kind of way of seeing where that money goes, like, hey, you know, like, we're working on, you know, this feature or, like, it, it's weird. I'm thinking of, like, a Kickstarter mixed with loot box system and that almost You know what I could evil. almost see? I, I could almost see something like, hey, I'd like to I'd like to throw money in and get a random item. It's like, okay, what thing would you like to see more of? Mm-hmm. so it's like hey i like this character can i see more content for this character here's some money and then like here's a random item for that character or something like that uh oh i see, I see. almost so like, like how do i put this if you were to use like an overwatch example it'd almost be like you know what i like tracer let me see more tracer stuff here's five bucks and it says here is a loot box that will have guaranteed tracer stuff because you showed support here you go i see i can hmm. see that i can, uh, see, I can that. see that yeah how would I redesign a loot box system? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, they're, they're, the game I play right now, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, actually does have a loot box gotcha system kind of thing. Where the way it works right. is you you pay five orbs, and that's like that's a special currency for summoning characters. And it shows you a grid of five uh, colored orbs. And, and when you touch one of those orbs, you'll get a character of that color kind of thing so hmm. i pay five orbs i now see three reds a blue and a green and i touch a red and i'll get i will be guaranteed a red character now what rarity they are that would be part of whatever thing of like you know hey it's if you pull on this one there's like a 10 percent chance of a red unit or something like that or hmm. of like a five star red unit uh hmm. if i were to redesign that system i think i would one have some way to almost guarantee what color would pop up because it's very annoying to be like, I need blue characters. I'm going to roll for a character. I got five red orbs. I'm only getting red characters. These five orbs were a waste. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. The game has a nice, has it does have a safety net mechanic uh, in its pity rate. What happens is the oh, more the times f- you, huh? Pity rate. A pity rate. That's well. That's what the ter- the the uh, fan has called it. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so basically, every time you summon, you do one of these summoning sessions. You don't have to summon all five, and it's not per thing. Every time you do a session like this, uh, if you do not pick out a five star character, that's the best of the best character. Your chances of getting a five star character are increased the next time you do. So, mm-hmm. if you do a summoning session, say I didn't get a good character. It says, okay, the next time you now have like 15% and then 20%, then 30%. By the way, I'm being super generous with these numbers. These numbers are usually like 1% or 0.3%. Which oh, is probably Christ. why they're usually hidden. Uh, well, in Fire Emblem, they're, they're upfront about it. Uh, hmm. Because at least in that game, any unit is has value because you can hmm. take skills off of it or... Uh, or use them kind of thing to upgrade other units which i actually do like that that even if you get a duplicate or a non a non meta character 
Man, there I is still of, value in getting I always them. thought Fire Emblem was a, somehow a multiplayer, or like Fire Emblem Heroes had some kind of multiplayer component to it. Maybe uh, it does. Wrong. You set it, you build your team, and then you ha- and then you set them up for the arena, and mm-hmm. then you can fight other people's teams. Now, it's not person to person. It's like, I have my team. I'm going to give the AI my team, and then they're going to fight you, Drew. Oh, I see. So... If I had to rework that system, I would make it so that the pity rate was different between a five-star character and a five-star focus character, where a focus character is like, you're rolling on this banner. These are the main focused characters. These are like the hot items on this one. Mm. Because it can be really annoying to be like, I want one of the special ca- I want one of the special characters, but instead I got a five-star for a non-event like stuff. It's almost like... Did you ever get a loot box in Overwatch that had a gold item, but it was for a non-event item? So I was like, well, I could have gotten this at any time. Yeah. Mm, it's like yeah. that. So okay. I'd make those two different values. But that's basically me on that. Well, very good. very. And I assume you'd have like a safety net and all the usual things that you were talking about. All the all the, the responsible stuff, I imagine. Uh, and I'd, it'd be a literal safety net. I'd ship everybody a net that if they were to fall, <laughs> it would catch them. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, that's... You know, it's a net. That's, you know, that's that's that's, that's a one bold kind of new model. That's a bold new model. <laughs> My bold new strategy of, hey man, I don't want you to hurt yourself. Take this. Also, buy some loot boxes. <laughs> You're such a caring company. Thanks, Adam. Um, I unless you got anything else that you want to talk about, I got I got a few. I think I'm good. Okay, so I I have right. three. I have oh, three wow. half baked ideas. Here um, we go. Here we go. Half baked full heart. Oh, that sounds hot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So the first one I think may have potential. Um, The others are kind of goofs. But you guys, uh, I assume you played Smash Brothers at some point, correct? I did. I I don't know. I might have. Okay. Well, in, uh, in Melee, they had this trophy system where you would earn coins by playing the main game. You know, no microtransactions or anything, but you would earn coins. And then you would sort of like put these tokens into a little slot machine and it would show you the ratio of you potentially getting a new trophy or getting one that you already had. And the more coins you put in, the higher that ratio would be. Mm -hmm. So I think all all, all my ideas, all safety nets are in upfront about the fact that yes, this is a loot box system. Um, Yes, this is all based off of a random value. And I think maybe what you could do is have it so that maybe that percentage it is made very apparent. And one of the one of the problems I tend to have with loot box systems is like it's random. You never know what you're gonna get. And maybe if like a certain amount of coins were placed in, you could basically get a certain item that you maybe want to get. Like you choose mm-hmm. an item you want. You say it'll tell you the ratio, the chance of you getting it. And maybe there's some kind of cap where the amount of coins you put in. You know, at some point, it's just like, okay, 100% chance of you getting this item. Yeah. And that that might be a way to at least solve the problem of, like, getting rid of that randomness, um, taking care of the people who, like, feel compelled to get this one thing because now they have, like, a built-in way of getting it uh, alongside, you know, obviously, maybe you could just, like, buy the thing up front. Maybe it's a little cheaper to do it this way. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I think say- that may have potential. Um, yeah. You were saying? That actually kind of goes in with what I was saying for Fire Emblem, like, I wish there was, like, a way of, like, okay, I put five orbs up, and if I could, like, put, like, a bunch of red badges in, I'm guaranteed at least one red pull kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, like, giving um, giving the player some level of control, I think, would be yeah, nice. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. 
I think that that has some potential to work. Okay. My my second idea, this was more of a like pie in the sky thing I had for Overwatch, where um, this was kind of during, you know, Hurricane Sandy and all of that. And I thought it'd be interesting if maybe the money that was going towards loot boxes could maybe go to a cause that was decent, right? Like, you know, Overwatch is a game about like, you know, playing as superheroes and it seems like maybe there'd be some kind of way to help, you know, encourage people to donate to charity through it. And this kind of goes to the idea of like having a visualizer of showing like where your money is going. Maybe like, again, it goes to like, you know, maybe a feature, maybe a specific group, like just maybe some way of assigning like the value in the grander scheme of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Huh. You know I... what? That's actually a really like, like neat just idea showing you where the money's going. Yeah. Um, like it could be. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. If there was like a natural disaster and blizzard was like, okay, we want to, we're going to donate money to, hopefully a verified like charity cause or just an outright mm-hmm. donation from them all mm-hmm. proceeds for this loot box will go to that kind of thing exactly exactly like that could be kind of mm-hmm. cool yeah like i mean it would Although tie it, it does, thematically with the game it does feel like hey we're gonna exploit your addictive behaviors in order to pay for this charity it sort of yes it almost feels it, like uh back in medieval well, europe you could literally pay the church to erase your sins I'm not even kidding you. That was a real thing that happened. What were those called? Those there were pardons, or there was some different name for them. I, I forget the exact name for them. But as yes, well, I but do yeah. know what you're talking about, Zach. And now, now that I think about it, yes, <laughs> That's exactly that sounds what it exactly is. like this. Because it's like I want to give charity. Hey guys, giving money's good to donate. Oh yeah, yeah. And like I, I think obviously limitations would have to be in place. Like maybe it's only up to a certain amount. Maybe only certain items are winnable. But I think there is something there, like some way of tie, some way of making the the money you're tying or, in. Like, well, why don't giving... why don't you do it like this? Mm-hmm. Why don't you say, um, hey, why don't you donate to this charity? And if you do it using this code, we'll give you a free loot box. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's work. actually a, a better way. <laughs> that's. So, like so the that. loot box is a reward for donating rather than you're you're paying for a loot box, but the money for but the money proceeds are going to a charity. I mean, it's it's effectively the same thing, but yeah, that would actually be a very streamlined way of uh, doing it. To tangent, real quick, Drew, um, when the tsunami hit in Japan, I remember uh, P- the PlayStation Network had a thing where if you bought a particular background off of the store, mm-hmm. though that those proceeds would be like donated out to a uh, a charity kind of thing that's yeah. not a loot box thing that's like a i know for certain i'm getting this thing back mm-hmm. that kind of reminded me of what you were talking about yeah yeah like the more i think about it it has less to do with loot boxes and more to do with just like finding a way to encourage people to donate but you know that's you know it huh. was it was a thing yeah now my third one my third one is uh to go whole hog with it you have Lord a game. Whole hog. Whole hog. Okay, I, I need to stop saying that. Um, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So basically, watch as he can't figure out a different word to say. Uh, the idea is go. any game you have, any game you have, uh, you got your safety net, you got your hey, this is what's going on. The way you buy loot boxes of any kind is a segmented off part of the game where you go into the sleaziest possible casino. Um, <laughs> like, it's just, it's like in your face that like, yeah, you want these skins. You literally like pull down like a little like lever or like you have some uh-huh. like, like right. dressed, gussied up, like, you know, security guard lead you <laughs> to the back. 
of this room. Hey, can you come on back and try your luck? Yeah, just basically, like, nothing really fancy other than, like, the dressing. And the dressing is just, like, just so you are acutely aware... You are gambling right now, and just like, uh, just like, this... make it very present. <laughs> you make it the this seediest kinda... fucking place in the game. Make it the yes. seediest, dirtiest place in the game oh, that no man. one really oh, wants dude, to no, be. Put all the high level enemies there, so it's a super pain in the ass to get there. The only way you're you've used up all your supplies. So like, how the hell do I get out? Like, well, if you roll some loot boxes, kid. Oh God, no! Some, you can get more ammo to get out. Like, okay, give me, give me the money, give me the money. <laughs> And it has to have like a like just like a horrible like that's like terrible, Mister Greasy, so Greasy's gambling den, or I don't know, like some shit like that. I like the idea that you can't get there without like you have to spend money to get it. Oh my! God. All right, I, here we go, Zach. For the new Bethesda so... game, you need to pay money on a loot box to earn fast travel tokens, and those are randomized fast travel tokens. No uh... fucking. <laughs> I like Drew, Drew's opened up a whole door of we 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 talked how would we improve how would we ruin a game how would we ruin a fucking game yeah no right. actually you know what fast travel tokens if you had an underlying system that was like Morrowind where you could basically take a no bus somewhere. there is no you either oh, walk no. or fast travel tokens no oh, oh, have you ever God. wanted to play Zach. Can I introduce you to Pokemon Green? Otherwise, Pokemon Greed? Because Pokemon are now only in loot boxes with random skills. Um, and you can never get rid of them. Adam. <laughs> what? Adam, please. Adam, please stop. Oh, no. Brent, please. <laughs> I bid you farewell. I have transcended to publisher of games level. I must oh, go. Oh, All right. Goodness. Are there any more loot box systems? We are approaching the two-hour mark. Shall we oh, do pour outs and toasts? Yeah, where are we? We're at, like... We are past a lot. the two two hour mark. Um. So yeah, do I have any toasts or pour outs? Um. I have a toast. Go for it. I will make a toast to the music selection in Final Fantasy Fifteen and every oh. single merchant that just seems to have more Final Fantasy music oh, that I yeah, can buy. That's a thing. Um, you will be shocked so at it. how much music is in that game. There's a ton of music in this game. Did you did you find a near automata track? Th- what? Cycle through the whole radio station. It's in there. <gasps> what? You just made Zach's day, Adam. Well done. Drew. I uh you know what? I'm gonna give a toast and a pour out to my boy Sonic and his wonderful I've not played it, but apparently he's got a new game. People are saying all kinds of goofy shit about it. I just, Please, it's, you know, I, I the cycle Sonic continues. The cycle continues. I've been watching the Game Grumps play through it, and boy, howdy, is that that's a Sonic game. I, I want to tangent <laughs> real quick. Uh, I love that it seems every other Sonic game, whether they're like, should we embrace the weird characters that we've made or ditch them? Like Sonic Mania said, ah, ditch them. Sonic Forces, embrace them so much. Yes. <laughs> just, at at least it, they're trying. Was that both your pour out and toast? It's a pour out and a toast. It's what I got. I will give. Uh, I will give an additional toast to uh, my now living PS4. It's just, it's good to have you back, buddy. Let's. Uh, oh yeah. Let's, let's make toast it worthwhile. To, toast to his PS4. Yeah, we uh, did. I do. I have any toast or pour outs. I, I have a I toast have... for us going to go see Dagger Jogger 2049 at some <laughs> point. <laughs> toast God to Dagger it. Jogger. 
I am so excited for Dagger Jogger. So bad. Um, I, I have a pour out. Um, I have a pour out for collecting collecting minerals and food items in Final Fantasy Fifteen. What? Well, maybe not the food items as much. Like just the random weird collection shit you're doing in now, that game. Hold on a second, Zach. What if I could sell you some loot boxes? That oh no, 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 no. I. That's I feel I as thought. though I feel as though we've all learned a lot of valuable lessons today, and we didn't even have to buy a single loot box to get this valuable lesson. Ah, uh, right. Well, Zach, you got something to say? Yeah. Hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson is that if you want to help your friend out in a game, make sure that it's about them, not about you. And that's the lesson of the day, everybody. See you later. Damn, poignant as always. Yep. Not about loot boxes. Our wordsmith. Our wordsmith. I don't know if I'm a wordsmith, but I'm definitely a soft talker. You're a bastion (laughs) of knowledge. That's right. You're a bastion of knowledge. knowledge. A soft talker and a bastion of knowledge. Who knows how many lessons of the days are locked away in Zach's brain? (laughs) Why this podcast is going for fucking ever? Yeah, I I could do an entire podcast of just random uh, lessons. Drew, let me ask you this question: Uh, At what Mm -hmm. point are we going to start handing out podcast episodes via loot box instead of on any of our great (gasps) services? Oh no! Thank you for listening, listeners. If you've enjoyed our two-hour discussion about loot boxes, um, I'm glad you did. If you have anything you'd like to say to us, um, happy things, nasty things, goofy things, you can send it to us over at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team, N-I-T-W-I-C, at gmail.com. This week's music was by Pro Leader. He's a wonderful gentleman. Um... Next week, we're coming back with a fun one. Game journalism and what does it mean? So be ready for that weirdness. Uh, I'm Drew. Uh, I was joined by Adam and Zach. We're all so happy you could join us, and we hope to see you very soon. Peace be with you, everybody. This has been a very long episode of this podcast. I want to just say something right now. But basically, if you send an email to nitwick at gmail.com, that's our email, right? Team Nitwick. Team Nitwick. Woo! Close call. So team, N-I-T-W-I-C, at gmail.com. Um, and you put in the subject line, I made it. We'll send you a loot box. <laughs> we'll send you, A, a fake loot box uh, drawn by me, and B, <laughs> this is going to be great for the inbox, uh, B, a personalized note to go with it. This segment's gotten weird. We got to get out of here. Goodbye, yeah, everybody. Goodbye, go. everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.